This is Original Six. Good morning. Good evening. And good night. We'll see you next time. It's the Original Six podcast. Ryan Savina is always joined by Paul Ananitis and Zach Ballin. Boys, what is going on? It's early and I'm tired, but we do anything for Zach because we have to record early. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. You know that. So yes. kind of you to share that sentiment, Paul. No problem. Yeah, it's 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 pretty early. I mean, like it's it's really not that early though, if you think about it. No, it's not that early. No, if I but think it, it is. feels earlier than it is. It's only nine fifteen. <laughs> We're like it's nine o'clock. It's so early. <laughs> I'm just exaggerating. Uh, thank you, everyone, for. And joining us once again, as always, super duper, stuper appreciated. That's a new expression that I'm going to use. Um, today is Wednesday, December 8th, which means tomorrow's the 9th. Yesterday was the 7th. Um, make sure to follow, subscribe, all that stuff uh, on whatever platform you're listening to. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever other social medias you, you use. Um, and thank you for joining us again. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, we had a goal prediction uh, correct this past week, gentlemen. Ooh, yeah, finally, it was I. It was yes. you. I'm so smart. Which game is it again? The uh, Columbus game. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, what? No, uh, no. Winnipeg, 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 Winnipeg. <laughs> it was Bunting and Dubois, Dubois. right? Yeah. Yes, I've I've realized that for our goal predictions now, from now on, if I ever have a player in fantasy playing against the Leafs, I'm picking them for the first goal. And you have to actually play them. That's a touchy <laughs> subject. I benched Bjorkstrand last night. But you still picked them as the first goal. Yeah, and I was <laughs> so right. confused. Well, I picked him as the first goal before I decided to bench him. Nice. Yeah. Great logic. I actually just watched um, Steve Dangle's video breakdown of the game last night, and he was saying how he had Bjorkstrand on his team earlier in the season, dropped him like a few games ago, and then debated about picking him up for the Leafs game and did not. Dang. Bjorkstrand is, is sending a message to the boys. Just to me and Steve Dangle, apparently. Yeah, literally. Oh, well, what can you do? Uh, so let's, uh, let's jump into week in review, a, a relatively successful week for the Leafs. I mean, we started off with a bang, uh, against Colorado back-to-backs on the road in Minnesota and Winnipeg and finished it off last night in Columbus, sorry, against Columbus in Toronto. Uh, so let's break it down. All right. So the Colorado game, obviously. Not much to say, but the offense was rolling that night with an 8-3 dub. And going into that game, everyone was like, okay, the Leafs are playing really well, and this is going to be a test against Colorado to see how they do. And I think we kind of succeeded by a great, uh, a good amount, eight times the amount, I'd say. Just the offense was rolling the entire game. We were playing well. 
We're just pelting them with shots, 41 to 31. And the boys were buzzing, basically. Like, everybody was scoring. It was nice to see. And just a good all-around game. And then the next game against Minnesota, we started off kind of slow, going down 3 nothing, but picked it up in the second and third, making that comeback to tie it 3-3 actually all in the second period. Jason Spedza leading the way with two goals and an assist. A really nice assist on Matthews' power play goal. We just couldn't finish it off, but we did get a point out of it, so it wasn't that bad. And I think that was a really, really entertaining game to watch. Shots were 42-40 to 40 for us. Just a back-and-forth game in overtime. It was, it was fun to watch. And besides the first period for the Leafs, the second and third was really entertaining, so... I think that was one of the more entertaining games I've seen this season. Well, clearly you didn't watch the next game. If you're talking about entertainment value. I did not watch the Winnipeg game. My That's Lord. Why. I also missed the Winnipeg game. Yeah. The amount of text people. messages that was a we circus. had from Ryan. Like, oh. That was a circus. Crazy. I mean, I feel like we could spend an entire episode talking about that game. Um, yeah. Uh, second game in a row. You know, it was the second night of a back-to-back. Obviously, Joseph Wall in net. Um, the Leafs got off to a bad start, didn't start on time. Uh, I think the big issue in this one was giving up a lot of chances off transitions, odd man rushes, stuff like that. I mean, we've seen Winnipeg a lot, especially 10 times last season. We know they're a fast team and they'll burn you if you're not careful and gave up the first goal of the game. You know, after the first period, it was one all because Bunting was able to score. Um, and then four unanswered goals to start the second. I mean, that's just unacceptable. Matthews and Kasha score to make it close. And then the third period, we stopped playing hockey and started uh, UFC, WWE style fighting, <laughs> which was very entertaining. Uh, we have the, the injury, the knee collision, Pionk with Sandine. So that kind of stirred the pot a little bit. Spezza retaliates a little bit. Simmons, I think, had 18 penalty minutes that game. Uh, we saw Clifford get into a fight. Richie was scrapping. I mean, like everyone was out for blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the, the outcome of the game did not go our, in our favor. Um, but on a low, you like to see how much the Leafs stood up for each other. I guess the only kind of shot in the dark. Did you guys see um, when um, oh, Logan Stanley got ejected from the game and he taunted everyone and he, he took his helmet off and like raised it over his head to like, Edge yeah. on the fans. That was hilarious. Yeah. March 31st, next time we play them. So we'll see what happens. So get ready, away. Logan Stanley, because Simmons is going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if that game was any closer, I feel like people would be watching like that is like a huge grudge, like rematch type thing. But like that's so far in the future. It's going to mm-hmm. take a, like a lot of people are going to forget a whole lot. It's after no, the they Olympics. Won't. After the Olympics. It's after the Olympic, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah that's these guys like like these guys are gonna play together on the Olympic teams, and then beat the living hell out of each other afterwards. Exactly. Dang. Cool. Practice is gonna be fun between those guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, the last game of the week was uh, a five-four win last night against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, this one was a little bit of a, a wild one. In terms of uh, where did our defense go? <laughs> Literally. But, 
Yeah, the first IR. period started off really great. Uh, William Nylander scored on the power play. Matthews scored to extend his goal-scoring streak to seven games. Nick Ritchie scored. Gasp. Yes. First goal as a Maple Leaf. Say it ain't so. It, it was so funny to get – he kind of – it wasn't really a tap-in, but, like, he got the pass in front. He was all alone in front, made a little move, scored, and then Kasha, who would send him the pass – freaked out when he scored he was happier than richie yeah yeah he was like he was ready to to, to hug him and like never let go <laughs> he was Give so him a happy. big old smooch yeah mm. so that was three nothing looking fantastic after the first period uh unfortunately bjorkstrand scores on the power play for columbus in the second tavares answered with the power play goal matthew scored again uh morgan Riley seven had, seconds uh, later had four assists in this game, by the way. Uh, That's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, what, seven seconds, I think, after the Tavares goal was the Matthews goal. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of really – that was the end of the second. Up 5-1. Columbus makes a goaltending change, and it kind of unravels from there. Uh, Columbus scores. Bjorkstrand gets another one. Sean Corrali scored, and then Max Domi scored with like 0.6 left just mm-hmm. to, to bring Campbell's save percentage down, which was essentially all that did. Um, so a little bit lacking on the defense in the last uh, 20 minutes or so. But, you know, we get the dub. We break that two-game losing streak uh, and end out, end out the, well, the original six-week uh, with a 5-4 win. Not too shabby. Solid. Not too shabby at all. So uh, two one and one on the week in those four games. So uh, walking away with a nice five out of eight points. Not fantastic, but good enough, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people looked at the back-to-backs against Minnesota and Winnipeg and weren't entirely happy with the team. And, you know, I get we had potentially the, the most phenomenal month ever to be had, but it's not always going to be like that right yeah so you know there's there's obviously going to be some sort of regression as a team plus now we're dealing with injuries obviously marner was not around for those two games and uh as as we'll touch on a bit later he's gonna be out for a while so five out of eight points against three very good teams or three at least offensively good teams and then uh Mm -hmm. you know a team in columbus that is better than most people thought they would be yeah that's true I mean, I did not expect that offensive powerhouse against Colorado. Like, I didn't expect to score eight goals. Mm-hmm. That's the I don't last think you thing ever I'd expect, expect to score eight goals. I sometimes I do, just Maybe because they're Buffalo. the Leafs. I guess, yeah, like the really bad teams. But I thought the Colorado game would have been a lot closer. But you know what? I'm happy it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are like are chalking it up to the fact that. Um... Was it Kemp- Kemper didn't play? He like had an injury last minute, so mm-hmm. the backup kind of went in, and then they were like, "Oh, but it was the backup, so that's why." But it's still eight know. goals, though. Yeah, it's eight goals, and like I don't on an NHL him. goalie, he's yeah. a backup, sure, but you can only beat the team that you have in front of you. It's very true. Mm-hmm. I'd rather beat them eight three than four three. So, I, I mean, it, it wasn't just the goaltending; their defense was atrocious that game. <laughs> yeah it was bad god awful i mean like if you're giving up eight goals it's not the goalie 
Poor goalie. He had no help. Poor Jonas Johansson. Plus, the backup was a UFT goalie that night, so yeah, he was not even... getting pulled. Yeah, you no, knew, he was not. You knew he was just gonna get shelled. Like honestly, when it was like sat six or seven, and he wasn't getting pulled. I'm like, he's not getting pulled no matter how many a, he lets. A in. part of me, while that was going on, just like a, just like a tiny inkling, was thinking like, what if they pull him, put in this UFT goalie, and we get a David Ayers level performance from this goalie, and somehow manage to lose the game. I, I would why like I that was in the so back sad. of everyone's mind for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely anytime there's any kind of e-bug situation in toronto like with the other team like anytime it's even mentioned like i think like at least fan like the heart skips a beat you know We're it does like a that's so raven flashback to the david airs game <laughs> instead of a flash forward <laughs> it's a flashback yeah yes exactly it's opposite nice um so with that being said, the Leafs now 18-7-2 on the season. So 27 games played, 38 points. That ties them point-wise uh, with the Florida Panthers for first in the Atlantic. But obviously, Florida has two games in hand. So yes. they're sitting at 17-4-4. Four, four. They've only lost four regulation games. Dang. Uh, hard, to be, hard to be upset, though. I mean, the way we've played recently has been... Uh, yeah. Pretty impressive. We are now 11-3-1 at home. Craziness. Yeah, 7-4-1 on the road. Craziness. Uh, so let's go into some, some thoughts just from the past week. I mean, we spoke about the, the Colorado game, but what do you guys think was the reason, at least looking at the way back-to-backs with Minnesota and, and Winnipeg, uh, for the bad starts? I don't know. I mean, I guess because we've been playing so well in November and we had a great game against Colorado. I'd yeah. say, I mean, we've always struggled with, with, with good starts, except recently. And I think it's just like having played so well in the last month and and coming up at eight through win against Colorado, I'm guessing they were the confidence level was just insanely high. And going into that game, we were the, the hottest team in the league by a mile. So I'm I guess just the confidence level was up and and just a little bit of cockiness. And and you're playing against Minnesota, who's actually a really, really good team. No one really thinks that. Or maybe pays attention. I think but Minnesota kind of just and Winnipeg underrated. Are, yeah, I mean, they're both very, very good teams. And if you don't have a good start, they're gonna burn you, which they did. Yeah, I thought I thought in that Minnesota game, like I, the one thing that like started that whole three nothing Minnesota run was I think it was the first goal went off the official or it like took like two bounces and then hit the official. It should have gone into the corner, but it hit the official and came back towards the net. And that gave, like, Campbell not enough time to get across. Like, if it had gone into the corner and then the player had shot it, he would have been okay. But because he didn't have that time. And then it was kind of like, oh, dang. Like, that's unfortunate. That was the we, third goal. Was that the third goal? Yeah, Greenway scored the first goal, hit the post, then he got the rebound. The second goal uh, was the power play, hit Hull's skate and went in. Because, of course, it does. And then the third goal was 
off the referee and Campbell didn't have much time to get over. Yeah, so, so just three like weird bounces, really bad goals. Hmm. Which yeah. is it's also tough to see the shootout loss in that game because of a I mean Spezza single-handedly tied the game for us was involved in all three goals and that third period I mean Campbell played fantastically yeah unreal did you know how many shots Minnesota had in that third period 22 that's so many that's too many that's that's too many shots how many shots did we have shots they had nine shots and seven shots in the first and second, and then had 22 in the third. Nuts. That's, that's bonkers. That's insane. Wow. Some teams don't even get that in the game. That's true. Yeah, actually, uh, Winnipeg lost last night, and they only had 18 shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Sucks to be them. Uh, unless they're playing the Leafs, which they seem to always play very well. Um. Talking about those two away games, uh, we saw an increase in physicality. I know the three of us were also speaking a bit about the, you know, this is like a not touchy subject, but I'm always one to defend the officials because it is a hard job, but some questionable officiating, I would say, in those two games, nothing that necessarily costed us the game. It Uh, It just caused a bloodbath. Yes, well, at least in the Winnipeg game. But then you also look at the night before, Felino runs over Campbell, doesn't oh, yeah. get a penalty. Um, so that would have that gave was... us a, that would have gave us a power play in overtime if they actually called that. I don't know how it's not a penalty. It was the it's literally the most clear goalie interference. He need him in the head. Yeah, he went like completely unassisted straight over Campbell, and like there was not like that third period. There were a few things that were not called. Like, I think there was one with, where Kerfoot got, like, completely hooked that he spun around and fell over. And then there was no, no call in the third. They kind of just, like, let everything fly like a playoff game. So it was kind of surprising. Very. Um, yeah, so we had that incident. Um, then, you know, the Winnipeg game, like I said, we could talk for hours. I mean, you had the knee-on-knee with uh, Sandine and Pionk. You have the wrestling match between Dubois and Matthews that somehow Matthews receives a matching penalty for. I mean, I just don't get it. Yeah, like he didn't fight back, which I'm surprised he didn't, but I'm guessing he was just trying to get the penalty. But they gave him a match penalty for doing absolutely nothing. Well, not a match penalty, a matching penalty. Matching penalty, yeah, not match penalty. Matching penalty. And then I guess just from there, like the refs didn't really control the game and it just got out of hand. Simmons wanted to fight everyone. (laughs) The best part was he he was trying to fight um, Stanley. Stanley, maybe. And then the refs literally had to throw him in the penalty box. Yeah. And then Nick Ritchie was was uh, punching Dubois in the face, which was nice to see. I really liked that. I was hoping he'd <laughs> knock him out cold, but he didn't. Uh, yeah, and just the rest of the game is just like Simmons, Clifford, and Ritchie just having a, a good time with their – with. Uh, dropping the gloves and 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 Simmons just going absolutely nuts off the face off cross checking the first guy then cross checking the second guy then turn around and yelling at Stanley and then the refs had to literally hold them back and That's as great. you said throw him in the box It's fantastic I think he uh he only got fined well only got fined he got fined like $2200 but I'm I'm sure he thought yeah. that was worth it Oh yeah Yeah it's kind of it's kind of nice to see those 
those though like when your teammate goes down with an injury or when your star player is getting ragdolled and the officiating is not helping you like having that they took matters into their own edge hands. to come and like come protect your teammates like that like i found sometimes leaf teams in the past haven't had that and i'll use a specific example from a while ago there was one game this is back when dion Phaneuf was the was not retired and he was the captain Oh boy! And we played a game against Ottawa, and we had an empty net. And Fanuf went to go, kind of like protect the empty net. And Daniel Alfredson took a point blank slap shot right at Dion Fanuf. I remember this. And I think he's—I'm pretty sure he scored it. But he yeah. took pull like point blank. Like if he had hit him, like he could have broken something. And not one Leaf went after Alfredson. Not one. And there was still like two minutes left in the game. And I remember like, that, that very clearly. Terrible. Yeah. It's it's nice to see that we have like guys that will protect the stars or just anybody. It's like it's nice to see the team bond and have that connection and and they're willing to play for each other. Like go into battle and I'll be with you. Uh, I'll protect you. Just go in there. So it's nice to see, but you never want to see a game go out of hand like that in Winnipeg. But it, it was nice to see that everybody was sticking up for each other. Big time. Yeah. Um, last night, Alex, Steves, and Christians Rubens making their NHL debuts due to some uh, injuries. What did you guys think of their play? Zach, I'll start with you. Uh, they were okay. I mean, there was nothing like standout for me that I saw about them. Um, I, I think uh, there was one play where both of them were back and they both got beat for a Columbus goal that I didn't really like that much yeah. i think it was steves was trying to knock the stick around of the guy a little bit and i forget oh gosh uh what goal was it i'm pretty sure it was the corrali goal, goal. Yeah. it was the sean corrali goal yeah so he was like kind of like hooking him around like a little bit not enough to, to take a penalty but like it was enough that when corrali shot like the puck did not go where campbell expected it to and so i think it kind of threw him off a little bit so yeah i don't know they were they were okay I mean, you're obviously nervous. Home debut, first NHL games, right? Or first, I think it's NHL debuts for both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so NHL debuts for both. So, yeah, they're nervous, but, you know, not everyone has a four-goal game in their NHL debut. So, uh, Most people don't. And Rubens was like the first Latvian-born player to ever play for the Leafs, which was surprising to me. Well, not actually surprising. I haven't really seen a lot. Too many like Latin players. The only person I know is like Gergensons. Zemgus. Oh, Zemgus. The Buffalo Sabres legend. But yeah, I agree with Zach. Like nothing really stand out for me, but they did play decent. So uh, like no complaints. The fact that they didn't stand out could also be a good thing. Yeah. That's true. At least, at least in Ruben's case as a defenseman. If if you're not crazy noticeable, it means you didn't do much great, but you also didn't do much uh poorly. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the injuries a bit, uh, a bit ahead, but is Josh Hosang going to get an NHL contract? I'm, I I'm hope starting so. the petition. I really want to see Josh Hosang play. I really do. Cause he's been ripping it up in the Marlies. Should we start? Should we legitimately start a petition? Yes, we literally should give Josh. We, do you want to start an Instagram petition? We'll just like take comments as a, a signing of the petition. Yes. Absolutely. I'm about it. This guy Nick, deserves put a, put a, to be in the NHL. Put a and, comment here if you want Hosang to be in the NHL. 
Yeah. The way he's been playing in the Marlies, he deserves to play for. Like I was, I was surprised we didn't call him up. To be honest. Well, as of right now, he doesn't even have an NHL contract. So until yeah. if and when they sign him to one, he can't be called up. Yeah, that's true. So but, give him one. Well, I know, I know for the longest time, I mean, longest time as in the duration of this season so far, he wouldn't have been able to be signed just because of the calorie cap. Wow. Calorie, calorie cap. cap. That's, calorie a, cap. that's how many like calories it. you have in a day. I think uh, they do have that though. Maybe I cap my calories at at least 3000 per day. <laughs> I wish I knew calories. if that was good or bad. I wish I knew. That's it's, bad. it's a lot. It's a lot of calories. They said average is like 2000 a day, depending on the person. Anywho, because of the salary cap, there, there likely would not be space to sign him. But now with Marner's contract on the LTIR, it just makes sense. Three to four weeks. I mean, sure, you have Steve's. That's great. You can bring up a guy like Curtis Gabriel. Sure. Oh, yes. I mean, you have Kyle Clifford. But I, I think Hosang is the closest player not currently on our roster that could provide offense for us in Marner's Agreed. absence. So with Marner on the LTIR, maybe you sign Hosang to an NHL deal. When Marner's ready to come back, you figure it out from there. Maybe you just wave Hosang, and if someone claims him, great. And if not, great. I don't know. What yeah. do you guys think? I, I would I would definitely sign him. He's uh, So with the Marlies this year, in 15 games played, he's got nine goals, four assists, plus three. Um yeah, he's been he's been good from what I've seen. He had some wicked overtime goal. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I sent it to you guys. Yeah, that was disgusting. I can't I can't even remember what he did, but it was some like I don't Yeah, know. it was filthy. It was kind of like a I had to pause that and watch that again to see how he did it. Kind of yeah. time goal. So that kind of like clutch when you need it kind of player. You know, maybe he could come up and actually contribute and and give something with the Leafs down with a few injuries and stuff. So I would definitely sign him to an NHL contract. And I can't see him not saying yes to like a two-way contract. True. Agreed. I, want, I, want, I really want to see him play. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I want him to play. I think it's, it's, it would be stupid at this point not to give him a shot. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. You want to give Steve's a chance there. Like, you have those other players. But he is he is clearly the the most rosterable in terms of being able to play in the NHL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's has he has the most experience out of anyone we've called up. Yeah. Playing for the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, I know we didn't mention it on the back end, but another guy we might likely see um, in a couple of defensive absences, maybe, just maybe, Brendan Manel, who we uh, signed this offseason. He was formerly with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. seem to be like somewhat of a, of a power play specialist. So I don't know if that factors in because obviously Riley is still going to be there. Um, yeah. Maybe he gets a look second power play unit in Sandine's absence. Maybe, maybe you just give it to Lilligren because you'd rather have him. Yeah. Lilligren's playing really well. So I'd keep him. Well, I mean, Lilligren's going to be playing. I just, I'm talking specifically the second power play unit. Hmm. You can always rotate that. 
I think you should put Justin Hall there. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, don't oh. rotate it like that. No way. <laughs> um, that's just silly. That's just silly. But, um, Brent, Brendan Menno, by the way, has in eight games has two points, one assist, one goal. He's minus five. I don't know if he's injured or anything because he's only played eight games. But fair. The Marlies have been very bad. It's worth noting. They have been very bad. Have they? Yeah. I, I yes. Haven't even, I haven't really been following. I never really follow. I just know a few of their names. That's about it. That's my yep. capacity. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll yeah, see what happens. Uh, someone added here on the on the rundown on the little sheet. Matthews is unreal stats at home. So someone please enlighten us because they are pretty okay. unreal. So after the game yesterday, they had a a graphic of Matthews's last eighty three home games, and the stats are just ridiculous. So in his last eighty three home games, he has seventy two goals. 111 points, a plus 35 rating with 15 power play goals and 15 game-winning goals and also has 11 goals in his last 10 games. Name someone that has better home stats in the last 83 games. I couldn't. Maybe because I don't know those stats, but I definitely know they're not better than Matthews. (laughs) Interesting. I would love to see Connor McDavid's stats. No, I don't want to see that because probably better than Matthews' stats. (laughs) I'm going to look up some McDavid stats, actually. McDavid's home stats? Yeah. Oh, they're probably insane. I don't know if I'd be able to sort by, like, last 82 home games, but I'll, I'll see what I can find. He's probably got, like, I know you can do that, but I, the stats guy can do it. So can you, Ryan. I thought I was the stats guy. No, I mean, like, a legit oh, NHL okay. stats guy. Fair hey, enough. Ryan's a legit NHL stats guy. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Come on, put some respect on my name. Sorry, sorry, fine. It's understandable. But I don't know. You probably couldn't find like the 82 home games or something like that. Okay, well, I can tell you this. This season, mm-hmm. in 11 home games, McDavid has 23 points. All right, next topic. Nine goals, 14 <laughs> assists, plus 13. Okay, next topic. Latest news. <laughs> Hold on, I'm curious to see multiple seasons. Paul's, Paul's just like... He said the phrase that no one has better stats at home, and then Ryan's out here just okay. Like, it's Connor McDavid, it doesn't count. Okay, last better season, stats than everybody last season in, in 28 home games, McDavid had 20 goals, 39 assists for 59 points in 28 games. Yeah, latest news close your Wrap tab, Ryan. Wrap it up, it's gone. I command W that real quick. Close the tab. Uh, so let's stick to Matthews. He shaves his mustache after reaching his November goal, and he has now gone on a goal scoring tear. I think it was because the mustache was so heavy, he can actually skate faster now. <laughs> yeah, uh, seven game goal scoring streak where he scored 10 in those games. Now, 17 on the season ties him for third in the NHL, only four behind Dreisaitl, who had 20 in 20 games. He's also on pace for 57 goals now. Matthews? Yeah. 57? Yep, that's what they said. Good Lord. Welcome to the world of Austin Matthews. I want him to hit 50 so badly. Yes. Yeah, he, he deserves 50. He does. Deserves 50. So, I mean, obviously it's not the mustache, but everyone jokingly and half-hazardly seriously is going to say it is. 
but you like what's what's been the difference for you in terms of what he's been able to do these last seven games I guess just being in the right place at the right time and the last couple of games Keith has really shuffled the lines he's been playing with a bunch of different teammates and it has been working because it's Austin Matthews like you can play him anywhere and he'll play well he'll create scoring chances but I think like specifically he's just been at the right place at the right time and just his like goal scoring awareness just he knows where the puck's gonna be um yeah it's, it's Austin Matthews like he always has like those slumps, but then when he gets out of that slump, it's it's a goal scoring streak of yeah, like eight, nine games, 12, 13 goals in that span. And and just the goals you see is just right place at the right time, or just an absolute bomb of a shot. Base like it's Austin Matthews. Like, what do you expect? But like what I think has happened is just being at the right place at the right time and just knowing where where to be with this like awareness of how to score goals. Yeah, like it, uh, some people would say, oh, people were scoring because right place, right time, because like by coincidence, but he's actually getting himself to those places at mm-hmm. those times on purpose. And I think what he, something he didn't have in the beginning of the season was kind of just that jump to be able to get into those places. He had chances, sure, but they were all like he would come down the wing, the defense would push him to the wing, and he'd just shoot on net kind of thing, or he'd get a shot on the power play. So now I'm finding like he's becoming a lot more dangerous in his chances since the beginning of the season, and it's uh, turning out really well. And he's such a he's such a big body. Like it's about time that he gets in front of the net. And like that that hmm. the games that we played in November and that in- insanely good streak that we had, a lot of Matthews's goals were actually in front of the net. Rebounds, garbage goals, tips, yeah. and you know what? Good. It's 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 showing that he he can just he can't he's not just uh give it to him uh and he'll score bar down type of bot type of guy he can get those gritty goals. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is just that his willingness and ability to score different types of goals. Obviously, the shot is there. Um, you know, we saw last night. I mean, the bunting pass was was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, like a chippy kind of just rushed the net goal. We've seen some tips. Um, we had that one dangle through the leg roof on uh, against Colorado. So his, his a will, I guess it's, it's both parts, willingness and the ability to score other than just shooting. Yeah. Because then the it, it gives like unpredictability to the other team. Like they kind of figure that Matt Marner or Nylander will pass across crease or across ice to Matthews who will just rip it. Yeah, but now with Matthews going to the net and using his body, it opens up new ways, and new and it gives him more chances. Oh, big time! Um, what was I going to say? I'm just uh, looking up some stats here for you. So Matthews is actually on a 54 goal pace in an 82 game season, but obviously he's missed some time. Yes. Uh, but with that being said, with the way he's scoring lately in his last seven games, he's on, if he were to, to play the way he's playing in his last seven, he's on pace to score 118 goals in 82. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's uh yeah. Let's hope for somewhere in the middle, like 50 would be great. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> 118. That's yeah. Light work. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Light work. That's like Nazem Kadri's projected point total right now. Really? Jeez. 
Good for Some, him. Something like that. Good for um, him. Good for him. All right. This was a pretty controversial one. Jason Spezza uh, retaliating for Pionk's knee collision with Rasmus Sandin. I think we would all admit it was not a clean hit. No. Um, probably did not expect him to be handed a six-game suspension. Yeah, me neither, honestly. But when I heard or when everyone heard that he was having an in-person hearing and Pionk was only having like a Zoom call, everyone knew like, okay, Spets is going to get more than three, four games and Pionk's going to get less. Was that – is that because of severity or proximity? Right? Like is the I know why safety they, they, in Toronto? George Paro said that he didn't like that Spedza used that as a retaliation for what Pionk did to Sandine, which I get it's understandable. But what Pionk did to Sandine could have been really, really, really bad. Like it could it, it couldn't have been it could have been way worse than three, four weeks. It could have been six months if he True. tore his ACL or his MCL cuz that looked that knee on knee looked really bad. I know the the hit from Spedza on Pionk was not good either. Um yeah. I don't know Pionk played the entire game afterwards but then obviously Winnipeg being um I don't want to use a word <laughs> yeah well, whatever putting him just, in concussion protocol. Just saying he was in concussion protocol before Spedza got his game decision just yeah, but Rats. I don't I don't think that has anything to do with how many games Spezza got. It's like the guy got a knee in the head. Obviously, he's gonna be in concussion. Wow. Well, they, they concussion do, protocol. They do take into account uh injury based yeah, they do. on in their suspension. So like I was looking at the I don't know if you guys watch the player safety videos when they suspend players. Like on Twitter, they'll release like a two to three minute no. like, kind of breakdown of all I've the seen different them, things. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the key things they always touch on is whether an injury was sustained on the play. So, does well, that Sandine's mean he's out three, four injured? weeks? Yeah, like on the when I watched the Pionk video, they were saying there was an injury sustained on the play, and so that was part of it for them. And so you wonder if Pionk being in concussion protocol had any effect on what they decided to do. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like this this suspension too too much. Six games. I think the discrepancy, like the sorry, the difference between Spezza's games versus Pionk's games should have been less than four game four games more for Spezza. But I do understand where they're coming from. It's a targeted hit. It was a. Uh, uh, some people are arguing that Pionk went down late, and so it was kind of like, oh, Spezza would have just like hit him normally if he didn't fall down, kind of thing. Well, but, if you look at his, if you look at Spezza's form, like it, 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 his shoulder was going for like a hit, but. Everybody knows that that was probably a retaliation of what Pionk did to Sandine. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's a knee to the head. And they're, if they're trying, if they're really trying to get rid of headshots, like I understand getting rid of this kind of targeted to the head, dangerous hit. And it could have been. And like Paul, you said how the hit on Sandine could have been way worse. I think the hit on Pionk also could have done way more damage than it actually mm-hmm. did. Yeah, and so I can kind of. Reminded me just in the in, in in the way the hit took place of the Tavares injury from the playoffs. Yeah, just like kind of oh. getting hit as he's falling. Obviously, that one was an accident. Um, my biggest problem with the suspension is that it's a guy in Spezza who's played over twelve hundred games. 
in the NHL and has never been suspended before and they hand him six games. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's going to be a retaliation. Pretty obvious. You just neon need um, a very most consistent defenseman, probably. Yeah. And remember last season, Alex Edler did it to Hyman and Edler had to fight. It was his first ever fight or like first fight in a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't think Pionk was fighting. So they should suspend the reps for making the game go that way. (laughs) I saw, I saw a lot of tweets um, and just comments about Brad Meyer, who was the referee in that Winnipeg game, uh, how he should not be officiating anymore because his inability to control the game. There's um, been a lot of Leaf games where, like, not a lot of Leaf games, but when the Leaf, when there, a couple of Leaf games that have gone out of control, he was the referee. So yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone's too hard on the refs. Obviously, it's not the reason we lost. Um, no, we, we did not play a great game. It's a very tough job to do. Things happen so quickly, and you can yeah, only you see so many the games like for that stuff not to happen. But but what do you? So if you're the referee there. Okay, and you see the neon collision with Pionk and Sandy, and what do you do to control the game? What do you call do? the penalty? Okay, but you can't. They didn't even call it, right? Because that's the most okay. obvious neon knee I've ever seen. Okay, but and then even not if calling even, it, no, 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 even if you call that the penalty, penalty started it. Even, no, I disagree. I agree because if he called the penalty, then the, then it would have been like okay, bad hit. The refs know it. Uh, controlling the game with, with how it's going to go, but they didn't call it. So everyone's like, okay, he's not going to call it. Let's just I disagree. have a bloodbath. If he's penalty, not going to call that knee on knee, he's not going to call it. Penalty or not, penalty or not, they're going after someone for retaliation. Yeah, but but then but then it would have just been done after that. Like against Tavares, they they fought Corey Perry. That oh, no, no, that's done. different because that's accidental. But it's that's, still, but still. No, 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 that's different. But also that one was because Felino's is trying to rally everyone to get back into game form because Tavares was bleeding on the ice. That's, I think and that's separate. Too. That's, that's separate. Like, what else they are you going to do? Like, obviously, okay, so if they call the penalty, serves as a penalty, Leaf fans are still going to call for some sort of retaliation. We would be sitting here saying someone should have gone after Pionk. I someone should have done someone something. Did go after I think Pionk. the manner of penalty kind of decides this. I think that he should have been given a, a game misconduct and then he's not playing. And then boom, you don't have a retaliatory hit on anybody because no one's in the game to be hit. Like for me, that would solve it. You see a dangerous knee on knee hit on a young defenseman. It looks really bad. You call it, a, you should have called it. So it should have been called a penalty in the first place. Yeah, I definitely. think Ryan's right. Like if you call that a two minute for kneeing, Someone still goes after him. There's no way no one goes after him. But you give yeah. him a game misconduct, you get that out of there, you defuse the entire situation, the third period doesn't happen. That's True. what I would have done. And, but yeah, the referees have a hard job. Like, I agree. It's it's really difficult to call things on the fly. However, that game got way out of hand in the third period. And even, like, uh, my favorite commentators are Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph uh, on the radio. <laughs> and, like, while they aren't... Not Jim Houston. Hell no. <laughs> I like Jim Houston too, but the, while they're not an unbiased opinion, I've never heard them kind of kind of criticize the officials the way they did in that Winnipeg game. And, you know, I'll give them credit for being completely honest about, like, some of the things that were going on. And, you know, yeah, it, it could have gone better. It could have gone better. Definitely could have gone better. 
Fair enough. Uh, Paul, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Wayne Simmons was also fined $2,250 uh, yep. for his rough stuff going on. Um, <laughs> in other news, Kirill the Thrill Semyonov placed on indefinite waivers. He will be going back to likely the KHL. So experiment did not work out. Fair enough. And Paul's waving goodbye. <laughs> he didn't do anything. I mean, very sheltered. Minimal yeah. minimum. Minutes. Did he play like two games? Three. Like that. Three games? Three games, zero points, minus two. Well then, uh, let's throw it over to, uh, I mean, I feel bad for this guy. Mullen MD going to be busy with the injury part here. He's back. Oh, let me go. Let me go see if he's awake. Hold on. It's not that early. Oh, hey, let guys. the man sleep. Oh, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I just woke up two minutes ago because I've been <laughs> asleep this whole time you've been recording. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yes, I've been super. As you can see, I'm so tired because of all the different injury reports I've been putting together. So everybody's getting injured. It's annoying. So let's start from the top of the salary, shall we? Uh, Mitch Marner collides with Jake Muzzin in practice. Uh, it didn't look too, too bad from what I saw. Um, but Marner and Muzzin were, were not too happy at each other. And these things kind of happen, you know, when you practice and in, in, in sports, you get in disagreements with teammates. They didn't fight or anything like that. There's just a disagreement. Then Marner ended up leaving practice. And then when things kind of settled down, so what's, what can happen is when your adrenaline's kicking in, like you won't feel that kind of injury just yet, especially with it being in the shoulder. So eventually things kind of settled in. And then over the next couple of days, uh, I guess they did an MRI and it didn't look as great as they thought. So Mitch Marner's out three to four weeks with that shoulder injury, friendly fire from Jake Muzzin, obviously not ideal. Uh, Travis Dermott also out with a surprise shoulder injury that I don't think anybody can kind of figure out where it came from. Wonder if it's just from overuse of his shoulder. I I have no idea, but we don't really know where it came from. So he's out, but it looks like uh, less time, one to two weeks, I believe, was the time frame that was given for Dermot. And then uh, obviously the one that you guys have talked about in Rasmus Sandin. Uh, he's only out, I believe it's three to four weeks, or is it two to three? Two to three. Two to three. He's out two to three weeks with that scary knee on knee. Very surprising, could easily have been multi-months that he could be gone. So that should be really encouraging for Leafs fans. However, maybe don't hold them to that two to three week schedule. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him out for an extra week just to be very cautious uh, with his knee, just because you don't want that kind of flaring up later on when games are more important. Um, what does this say here? Sanding injury, one last chance for Hall. No. No, no chances for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if Paul Agreed. Has choice. But um, it's interesting that that we look at the Justin Hall now or the defense, get two injuries, and all of a sudden, like, imagine if we had traded Hall like we wanted to earlier in the season. Then you're looking at two rookie defensemen on the back end instead of one. So this is exactly what we spoke about too, as to why you don't trade one of them for this exact reason. Yeah, we predicted it. We did. Uh, yeah. Uh, who else do we got? Ilya Mikheyev, who everyone forgets existed, including myself every time 
is back skating in practice. He actually led the stretches for one of the games, which is very Ooh. encouraging. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he comes back in the two next two games at home. Maybe he comes back on the Alberta road trip. Uh, I can see him coming back very soon and much needed to come in, uh, kind of just give us some boosters with uh, injuries and people being sent to Siberia. Anyway, Peter Morazic, conditioning stint with the Toronto Marlies. Uh, did not go well. <laughs> he let in four goals on like 25 shots or something. I didn't watch the game, but that didn't right. seem too great. But you know what? It's one game. Who knows in the AHL? But he had his one game con- conditioning stint. Yeah, gosh. Uh, so much talking. <laughs> what are you guys? <laughs> I have I'm no idea. <laughs> Paul and Ryan are just like bobbing their heads side to side, trying to mirror each other. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Uh, Mrazek's conditioning stint, I think, is over now. Uh, and so he's back with the Leafs. So it'll be interesting to see if we can actually get our tandem duo of goaltenders to be tandoing. To ten- tandoing. Yeah. Tandoing. Ten- ten- sure. Tandoing. Far. Keep going. Tandoori yep. chicken. <laughs> oh, I could do with some tandoori chicken. That'd be nice. Anyway. Uh, and there's a line here that says, any news on Nick Robertson? I wish. I know, right? I swear this guy will never play more than five games in an NHL season. I'm so sad. He's like Except the new in the playoffs. <laughs> Jeez, no, he's already on is, I was just going to say, is, is Robertson going to end up on the island? <laughs> he's, he's already Oh, there. yeah. He's so he young. is on the Robida Island right now. <laughs> He's except, like the youngest ever player to be on Robida Island. Except they're not they're not paying him enough to actually for him to actually be there. Fair enough. Because you really only end up there if you're making too much money. So he they can, leave you there so you don't have to come off the cap. He can steal Lupo's money. He doesn't deserve it. Is he oh, now one of Loop's troops? No, it's Leaf's troops. Wait, it was Loop's troops. And then no, it was and, Luke's and it was Luke's troops. troops. Yeah, Luke Shen. Now it's just Leafs troops because they're Stanley like, Cup champion. We can't name Two-time, this after a player in case he leaves. <laughs> yeah, it's Leafs troops now. Yeah. Um, just thank you, uh, uh, Mullen MD. Uh, just to, to cycle back there. Do we think this is Justin Hall's last chance? He's got about a month to prove himself. Nah, I think we're going to keep him. I think. He... Well, we'll keep him. Sure. I mean, I'm prefacing like his last in... chance to prove that he deserves a, yes, a regular spot in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I think this I think is so. a huge opportunity for him, and if he doesn't take advantage, I know all three of us would say, "All right, you're the seventh D for the rest of the year." And like, because Lilligren's played played great, Dermot's played pretty well. Like, yeah, for me, it's Justin Hall's like on the outside looking in right now, and yeah. I mean, for the next month, he's getting top four minutes. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know how many penalty kill minutes he's gonna get because he he's looked slow. <laughs> he's he just hasn't been skating well. Mm. I wonder who's been saying that. No, I was I was been quick saying that before now. I was quick to defend him, but these last few games I've really been. It's really tough to defend noticing. him. You know why? Because he can't even defend himself. <laughs> I knew you're gonna say that. All right, let's. Uh, Let's move on. We have some news from around the league really quick. Uh, after Mark Bergevin of Canadians clean house, uh, more teams decide to do the same. So the Flyers 
uh, fire Elaine Vino after their now eight-game losing streak continues. Uh, the Canucks clean house. They're firing head coach Travis Green and GM Jim Benning. Green to be replaced by Bruce Boudreaux. I think that'll be good for them. You know, an older yeah. style. Like this this coaching replacement, I see very similar with uh, Daryl Sutter in LA. Let's let's get back to basics. Play hockey the way it should be, and the wins will come. Yeah, and also and LA's been good. Games a lot. Yeah. And, well, That's maybe true. not Sutter, but in Boudreau, um, for sure. Um, I, I, there's a lot of stuff going around, but last night, the in the Anaheim game, I mean, obviously it's against Buffalo. Uh, Zegras fakes the Michigan and flicks the puck over the net from behind in Gretzky's office. And mm-hmm. Sonny Milano bats it in out of midair for debatably the nicest assist ever. That was disgusting. Yeah, that was, that was so was, nice. I was not expecting that when I watched it. I, at I, all. I was watching the replay and I see him go for the Michigan and I was like, no way he's going to do it. And then he flicks it over and, and Milano hits it in. I was like, okay. Damn. The, the Anna, Anna confidence on this good. kid is insane. Yeah, and Heim's going to be a really good team in a few years. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also, I think Milano is not getting enough credit for scoring that goal. Yeah, that's yeah it's not hard. easy for the hand-eye coordination. He, he perfectly hit that in. Like Also, to know that that puck is coming like that. I mean, he knew it, it's, it's 100% a set play. You don't, you don't do that without talking about it. Yeah. My, my question is, do you, when you go back to the bench after scoring, do you think the coach is mad that no. you did that? I do. Well, I'd be mad if it didn't go in. Right. But, but I, because I think it was such a nice goal, like, you can't be mad at that. No, I, I feel like a coach would like kind of sit there smirking, like not wanting to be like, yo, that was sick. But yeah. also at the same time, being like, don't be stupid. <laughs> that was nasty, but like don't a, do that again. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what their coach is saying. Like one time in practice when I played house league, I we were doing breakaways. And I tried to do a thing where like you flip your stick so that the end of the blade can go on the puck and you can like spin it in circles. And obviously yeah. I was very bad at hockey, so it didn't work. And then my coach made me do laps. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't at a game and I didn't score. So I don't know why I brought that up, but I thought it was funny. Gotta try it. Yeah. And it worked. Um, we we are running short for time. Uh, so we, we kind of were gonna just discuss here about possible lineup uh suggestions with the injuries, but I think we all kind of want to see Hosang brought up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Mikhaev can get back in there. Like we'll see who's available, kind of thing. But um, you think just really quick, do you think Simmons finds a, a pretty regular spot on that first line wing with Matthews in uh, in Marner's absence. I wouldn't mind. Honestly, he's been playing pretty well there. He so good. I'd like to see him stay there for sure. I'm going to say no. Not because I don't want him there, but I don't think he's going to stay there permanently. I think I think he's going to just rotate guys in. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw um, Richie up there. You know, maybe Steve's keeps playing and plays well like he has in the AHL. Then maybe you know, who knows? You put the rookie on the top line. You never know. I could see him. Anaheim's doing it with uh, Valinen. I know. I just picked him up in fantasy and he scored two two games in a row. Oh, look at you. Too bad you didn't put Brooks trying to. 
I, I think as long as Matthews and Bunting are playing well together, they can interchange that wing. Yeah, like I don't yeah. Like I don't mind Simmons being up there because as we've seen the last couple of games, Matthews has rotated throughout so many different line pairings. Yeah. So it's just up to Keith. But like if Simmons stays there and he continues to play well, might as well. But if he doesn't, you can always change up that third forward because as you said, Matthews and Bunting together have been very, very good. Yeah. A lot of options. It's Austin yeah. Matthews. Not like he's going to play bad anyways. My only concern would be the increased minutes for Simmons, but see what happens. Yeah. Uh, we were going to discuss uh, Nick Ritchie's over-under goal total. He is on pace for four. So I'll give you guys one word. Over or under, Nick Ritchie scoring four and a half goals this season. Over. Over. I'll take the under because it's funny. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the week ahead. Three games on tap Thursday uh, at home against Tampa Bay. The last time we played them was a 2-1 overtime victory. Saturday, taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. And Tuesday, making the trip out west to Edmonton to play Zach Hyman the first time since he left us Mm -hmm. in free agency. Uh, None of us got our predictions correct. So, Zach, why don't you start us off? Oh, this is a mercy thing, letting me start off, because I never get these predictions right. Uh, okay, sure. so I have uh, 2-1-0 and o for this week. Um, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like we lose to Edmonton. I think we win the other two. I think we can beat Tampa again, but I think we, we, we lose to the Oilers. Fun fact, actually. Michael, uh, this might be an outdated fact, but as of, like, last week, Michael Bunting had more five-on-five points than Zach Hyman. I did yes. see this. I saw this. Nice cap hit of 950K for Bunting and five-on-five for, for Hyman. And next year, too. And next year, yeah. Steal. It's a good deal. That's criminal. All right, Paul, what do you have? I have two 0-1. Uh, I think we're going to lose to Tampa in OT or shootout, but we'll beat Chicago and Edmonton just because I want to beat Edmonton. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I have one, one, and one. And I don't know why. It just felt right. Yeah, I don't either. It just felt right. You can't win every game. Felt right. It just felt right. win every game. It's very true. Zach and I didn't have every game winning. We had a loss. That's true. Well, I have two. Oh, you got a point out of one of them. There you go. All right. That is it for us. Thank you very much for listening. I almost said watching, but you're not doing that. Uh, Make sure to follow, subscribe on whatever platform you do that stuff on. You know what I mean. Spotify, Apple Music, (laughs) all that stuff. Uh, We will see you next week after the Leafs play these three games. And I'm running out of juice here. Uh, Boys, favorite three words? Go Leafs, go. Nick Ritchie scored. Signed Josh (laughs) Hosang. Yes. Uh, Remember to take care of the planet and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.